Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. How do you begin to live in a kingdom, uh, in kingdom faith and destroy fear? Um, this, is, this is big stuff because of the fact that as we're talking about the kingdom, there's a lot of fear that is spinning out in culture. There's a lot of punch in people saying things. And it's, it's if you, just like we're you know, talking about Voter guides and so forth. You got people going, if you vote this way, the United States is going to be destroyed. If you vote this way, the United States is going to be destroyed. If you, if you make this decision, the world is going to collapse. Literally, we're on the brink of just absolute tragedy and, and, and it's going to be Armageddon. It's going to be something that you're like, if you, if you make one decision, can you imagine today if you checked one box and literally Armageddon started? Could you imagine that pressure? That pressure did you feel or whatever? And so people are truly, and even my brothers and sisters in Christ have become fearful in many cases of what is going to take place or, or what is going to happen. And I wanted to address this topic so that we can recalibrate, realign with what our Heavenly Father says about this topic of fear. It, God has not given you or me or anybody that is a believer in Jesus, you online, he's not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. That is straight up what the church is to walk in, live in, even to the point of you go, what can, what can man do to me but take my life? But for me to be absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. I'm a, man, if I go today, I am in a better place. So, how do we begin to live in kingdom faith and destroy this fear if it has gripped us in any way and we've missed God's value here of living by faith and this counterfeit destroying this fear? And I love what Philippians 4 verses 4 through 7 says. And Paul, imagine the New Testament church, these churches that have been set up in Ephesus and Philippi and, and, and Corinth and all these churches that have been, been established in the, New, in the New Testament. And Paul is speaking to a church that believes at any moment, which I still believe to this day, at any moment, rapture could occur and we would be gone from the face of this earth and no longer here. And they're waiting for that in this moment. They're going, come on, Jesus, come quickly. We're persecuted. We're, this is terrible. We got disease and sickness and pain and sorrow and suffering, all that. And we need you, Jesus. And Paul speaks to a culture that was facing things way worse than we probably will ever face. And he says this, verse 4, Philippians chapter 4. Always be full of the joy in the Lord I say it again, rejoice. If you were raised like I was reading King James Version, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Okay? Let everyone see that you are considerate 
in all you do. Remember, what? The Lord is coming soon. And if he was coming soon then, oh, he's coming soon now. (laughs) Right? It's like, he's coming soon. Don't worry. Don't fear about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which does what? Exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, fear. This particular scripture I'm going to work through here today, and hopefully it's, it, it sinks into our souls what Paul is saying and how we can help uh, move to align with what our Heavenly Father desires us, and that is what? To destroy fear, to see the fear destroyed, and to live in kingdom faith. Okay, first thing that I would say is if we're going to begin to live by faith and destroy fear is that we need to keep both eyes on the road. Practical, right? Uh, This is what I mean is you're driving down the road and you're in the right lane and there's a left lane and traffic is going one way, you're going one way and traffic is going the other way. And if you've been driving for any length of time, you'll you'll be going and all of a sudden uh, you'll pass a wreck on the left side of the road, or it could be even on the right side of the road, but, but you're driving. And we, what we call is when traffic gets backed up, whatever, we call people that like are just sitting by looking at all. You know how we all look over? You can say you don't, but you do. You look over and you go, what's going on over there? We call them rubberneckers. They're looking and they're slowing traffic down and so forth. And what happens is that everything slows down. And in people's minds, they can go, they can become fearful over what took place and going, man, that, and you can get scared and you can be driving down the road and you can be nervous and so forth. Well, what I understand as it relates to life is this. Some people think that, that it's like a series of, um, you know, good and bad, good and bad and, and all of these types of things. And it's, it's happening, happening, happening. Just continue to focus on the road. But our, our tendency to do what? Our tendency is when we have a bad experience and we're driving forward to become so gripped with that to think that that tragedy, that accident, that thing defines your life and it keeps you there and you never move forward. I like what Rick Warren said. Most people think of life as being that series of good and bad seasons. But I see every season of life more like a road with good and bad happening constantly and congruently. And when trouble and temptations come and trials come, we tend to only see the bad side of the road and to think about the bad side. And maybe you've read the Chronicles of Narnia and our life begins to be like Puddle Glum and who assume the worst in every situation, or maybe Eeyore. I'm not going to ask if there's any Eeyores in the room from Winnie the Pooh. I'm not going to ask that. But you know where it's like, oh, it will never work out. Oh, it's a terrible. Life is just a, a, just a series of unfortunate events and nothing is ever going to be okay. And when fear comes our way, one of the ways as we look in the road forward and as we keep both eyes on the road, what I've come to understand is to begin the practice of the discipline of rejoicing 
and being thankful. Rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So what is it, sitting where you are, or those of you online, you can even type it in, chat it in, is what is it that you rejoice about right now? What is it you rejoice about right now? Because some of you need to hear a rejoice statement. What is it? God is in control. control, And so God is in control, and we rejoice about that. Yay. What else? Breath in, breath out. Yes. Breathe, breath in, breath out. I rejoice that God, I'm breathing, and that I can breathe in, breathe out. That is a gift from God. Yes. Who else? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Health and wellness we rejoice for. We rejoice over health and wellness. Thank you, Lord. We rejoice again. I say we rejoice. God, every good and perfect thing comes from God. And it, and and he if if you will continually do that, what does it take to just get up in the morning and go, God, thank you for breath. God, I rejoice in the fact that I'm eating these, I'm eating these honey nut Cheerios or whatever you eat. Thank you. I rejoice that you, God, are taking care of me. I rejoice, oh God, in those things. And what does that do? It destroys, begins to destroy fear, and it begins to establish this, this faith in your soul because you realize by rejoicing and being thankful, our Heavenly Father delights in that, and His Spirit continues to fill and transform you So when fear comes, practice the discipline of rejoicing. Second thing, I I know from years of experience is make your will your steering wheel. Make your will your steering wheel. Let me explain. Fear stirs up these emotions and you get all of these things, multiple things firing inside your brain. And your blood pressure begins to rise. Adrenaline flows. Senses heighten. And again, if you're threatened and you need to run away from a cheetah, run fast. You hope that you can. But, and that, so that's good if you're threatened. But if fear is prolonged, and I've had this. I've had to surrender. I've had to give things to the Lord. I've had to have conversations with counselors and so forth. And, but this is what, if fear is prolonged, we can want to do what? Self-medicate, drugs, alcohol, Sex, shopping, you name it. And food. Emotions, I've thought of it more like a semi-truck. Okay? It's fear fear stirs up these things, and a semi is big, and it's powerful and drives your life, and our emotions can rule us if we're not careful. When filled with fear, our emotions are like driving a semi-truck on an icy road in an ice storm, okay? Imagine doing that and not having a steering wheel. What would that look like? You'd be like, pretty much going to die in that semi-truck. And, and so when filled, with peer, when filled with fear, people are like these semi-trucks on an icy road, and it's out of control and you're thinking that everything's going to collapse. And you're thinking that whether it's like, and you start, you start this false thinking, nobody likes me. If I lose my job, 
the world is going to collapse and we're going to lose our home. If, I, if, if my spouse did this, or it, it's all going to fall apart. You begin to think thoughts that are doomsday tragedy, not factual. And do you know where those thoughts are coming from? The enemy. You're like, if I, if I don't pass this one test, then my school career is over. If I, if I literally, I mean, it's, it's, it's things like that. If I, if I don't, if I can't get this gig, if I can't get this opportunity, there'll be no other opportunities. And we begin to go into doomsday. And what I would say is don't let your emotions rule you. Make your will your steering wheel. What does that mean? God has given you rational thinking to say, to say, hey, I realize that today, and I do this often, the sun is going to rise, the sun is going to set, and you know what? He's taken care of me to this place. God has taken care of me to this place. He's not left me hungry. He's not left me naked and cold outside. He's taken care of me. Therefore, what, whatever's going on around me and all my doomsday stuff, if I fail this or I don't succeed here or I lose this, then literally, God, I mean, you go, you go no, no, rational thinking says, it's going to be okay. And sometimes I think what we do is we throw out, throw out our rationality and actually God gives us those, rash, those rational thoughts and aligns them with faith so that we can begin to seek him and grow in good reasoning. Don't throw out good reasoning. Some people do that. Okay, how do we begin to live? So, so there we go. I sit and I go, focus my eyes on the road. I make my will, my steering wheel. I then what? Replace panic. This is a big one. With prayer. With prayer. When fear grips us, I don't know if you're like me, you can freak out. There's times where you could freak out. Freaking out is not a spiritual gift. It's just not. It's not like, man, I got the spiritual gift of freaking out. If, I tell you what, it's like a lot of us would have that spiritual gift if it was, you know. But this is what Philippians 4, 6 says. Man, put this on your dash of your car, in your, in your mirror, in the bathroom, wherever it is that you need it. But verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank him for all he has done. And what I have found is that I take the burden that's on me, so to speak. I take the burden, and when I begin to pray, I take it and I place it on God. And I go, God, I can't handle this. I don't know what to do with this. I give it to you. It's yours. You can handle what I can't handle. And so praying transfers the burden. So if someone needs to worry, I've come to the conclusion, let it be God, not me. Praying allows us, God, to be our lightning rod. I don't know if you've seen lightning rods on barns and in buildings and so forth. You, if, it's like this. What does the lightning rod do? It harnesses the energy and grounds out the storm to prevent damage. And so when a storm rolls into your life and the lightning bolt of fear hits you, what happens? When the lightning bolt of fear hits you, prayer is the lightning rod that grounds out everything so it doesn't harm you. Let God, 
Let, let, let God be at work in you and let prayer be that, that lightning bolt, that fear bolt that comes in. Just there it goes. Praying allows you to process uh, verbally, but privately. And what often happens is when I get overcome by fear, I like to bring everybody into it. Want to join me in my party of fear and worry and anxiety and stress and tension and all of that? But what prayer does is it allows me to express how I feel. God, right now I am angry. God, right now I am, I am so, 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 so fearful that this is going to happen or this is going to happen. God, I don't know what to do. God, I bring it to you. And it allows you to express your feelings about your inner life privately. But if we're doing it, like if I came in here today and go, I'm going to tell you the world is coming to an end. And I want you to know that this is crumbling around you. A lot of people will freak out. And we don't need more people freaking out. And we don't need more people lashing out, especially if we're not in good places emotionally. And add social media to that, and you could have a mess. Go read some if you want to see messes. Praying allows us to privately process what we are feeling in, my, in our, your relationship with God. It allows that process to work itself out. Am I saying that you can't meet with people and have your moments? You can, but be wise. Am I saying that you shouldn't go meet with a counselor? Of course, if you need to go meet with a counselor about your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your tension, whatever, go and have that. But, but there are times, what I would say this, first take what you have, bring it to God, place it on him, and then and share with him what's going on in your life. And literally, he knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows you so intimately that he says, I, I formed you in your mother's womb. Hence, the sanctity of life. So, praying allows us to privately process what we are feeling in our relationship with God. Number four, how do we begin to live in a kingdom, in kingdom faith and destroy fear? Tell the Father what you want. When a spirit of fear comes in, it reveals what I hate and also what I love. And like... um. Like a coin has two sides, fear has, fear has these two sides. One side is the fear that you'll experience something bad. One side is the fear that you'll lose something good. So I have a question for you. Couple. What terrible thing are you afraid is coming right now? What terrible thing, and I'm not asking for us because then that could take this service a whole other direction. But what, think about it, what terrible thing are you afraid is coming right now? And what precious thing are you afraid of losing? What terrible, what is it? Ter- precious thing are you afraid of losing? What terrible thing are you afraid is coming? And so, as you process that, and I think you should even write that down because if you take it and you go, God, is this stressing you out? God, are you freaking out over this terrible thing that I'm afraid to, to lose? I'm afraid it's coming or this, ter- this precious thing that I'm afraid of losing. God, and, he's, and he would say, I don't know fear. I don't know anxiety. I don't know worry. It's not part of my DNA. It is not part of the kingdom of God. And you live in the kingdom of God if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. So what do we do? Sometimes we got to tell the Father what you want, and sometimes we ask God, What do you want? 
Sometimes I go, God, what is it you want from me? And I don't know if you've ever heard this subtly in your soul. And God replies, I was going to ask you the same thing. What is it you want? And you're going, I can do that? Yeah, it's actually biblical. Philippians 4, 6. Tell God what you want. And some of you are going, yes, I want a Lamborghini. Or I want, I want the great trip to wherever. I want, and God's going, no, no. See, just you, you can ask for that, and that's great, and maybe. But he's going to, what? As you ask and you tell him what you need, he can grant you that if it's in accordance with his will. What do you want? I love this. Mark 10, 51. Jesus, this is so kingdom. He comes to a blind man and he says in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, imagine that. <laughs> you know, can't see. What do you want from me? A sandwich would be really good right now. Okay? And, and, and so you're, no, and he goes, Rabbi, teacher, I want to see. I'm glad you asked. What if, what if Jesus hadn't asked that question? <sighs> would, that, would that man have remained blind? I don't know. But I know this, that sometimes God's will is to ask you for the desires of your heart. And it's okay to do that. Ask, tell God what you need, Philippians 4, 6. And then last, how do you begin to live in kingdom faith and destroy fear? Enjoy God's presence and peace. Enjoy God's presence and peace. Fear is such a common experience. I don't know, if I asked for a show of hands, and I said, who has experienced fear, whether you're online, whether you're in this room, listening later, who has experienced fear? Everybody would say, I've experienced some level of fear. It's common. And you know, you know what, what God thinks about that? He knew that it would be common in a fallen world to experience fear that literally there's no other. There's, this Bible is, says, fear not. It is the most frequent command in Scripture. So when you're gripped with fear, anxiety, worry, or whatever, our Heavenly Father, through the Word, and or through His Spirit, and or through people, can say, fear not. Fear not. It's the most frequent command, which appears roughly a few hundred times in Scripture, and God is constantly having to remind us what? Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Your anxiety, it's unfounded. Who are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? Don't worry. It's going to be okay. But you don't understand my marriage. You don't understand my job. You don't understand my kids. You don't understand. And God's like, I don't. I don't. I don't get what's going on with you. The one who made you. The one who knows beginning, knows, knows no beginning. I was, who was, and is, and is to come. He's, he's stressing about, no, no, he... He knows no fear. He knows no anxiety. God constantly has to remind us in some form or fashion to not fear because we forget. And when our growing up, our children would often be scared because of bad dreams or storms outside. And I remember going in and being like, it's going to be okay. 
put my hands on them or pray for them and say, it's going to be okay. You don't have to be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is a father, and we are his kids. We're his kids. And that's how it works. And he says this. It's like if you could imagine yourself in a room by yourself in a storm, and you're going, oh, man, it's tragedy. It's a hurricane. It's a tsunami. It's whatever. And the Lord goes, just like I did with my kids, but God being a good, good God says, do not fear. It's going to be okay. You can trust me. You do not have to worry. And when God says, fear not, he says this. For what? This is, this is big. For I am with you. I'm with you. I've got you covered wherever you go, wherever you walk, wherever you drive, whatever, whatever you're facing in your life, I'm with you. Moses, don't fear not, Moses, I'm with you. Elijah, fear not, I'm with you. Jacob, I fear not, I'm with you. Jeremiah in the Bible, study, study. Go throughout scripture and you watch as individuals are gripped with fear over something that's going down, something that's happening around them, and God says, fear not. And I love that he says, fear not. Hey, I'm gonna be back a little bit later. He hasn't gone missing. He sends his spirit to comfort and guide, to teach you, to lead you. Fear not, for I am with you. And then I love what Matthew 28, 20 says. Teach these new disciples in this this great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Son and the Holy Spirit. He goes, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands, verse 20 of Matthew 28, that I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you sometimes. Even to the end of your day. No. I am with you always. Always. Even to the end of the age. And that, that is comfort. And I'm going to go back for just a moment, and I want you to understand something about this scripture that I read in Philippians chapter 4. And the last part of the verse, and then we're going to, we're going to wrap up. Philippians 4, verse 7. When you pray and you seek God and you pursue him, his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. You may have knowledge sitting here today about the fear of the Lord, about how good God is, and you've read Scripture and you've applied it at times, but you're not pursuing God right now. And you're not pursuing God on Monday, and you're not pursuing God on Tuesday, and you're not finding aloneness with God, and you're not asking for fresh filling from the Spirit of God. When the Scripture says that he will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus, that is the anointing of God, meaning the Spirit of God, by his Spirit, coming and filling you fresh, filling you, being dwelling in you, and he'll guard your heart and mind if you will pursue that. But if you, if you go, yeah, there was a day, 
There was a day I did that, that was good, that worked out there. But literally, if, if, you, if you walk and go about your life and you forget that he's the one that will guard your heart and mind in the, in the anointing, the spirit of God, and you're wondering, why is it that you're gripped with fear? It's because maybe you've not been pursuing the spirit of God. And I have many a day wondered, why is it that I'm so anxious? Why is it that I'm so fear-filled? Why is it that I'm doing this? And the Lord always plants in my soul. It's because you're not seeking me and pursuing me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You have to, if you want, this is probably the greatest thing of all that I'm even talking about today, is these things rejoice, yes, and, and, and be considerate, and don't worry, you know, be, pray with everything in you. But if you're not pursuing God in his spirit, literally in a moment, you can go from going, oh, I feel good, to the enemy coming in and robbing you of your joy, coming in and robbing you, and, and planting fear in your soul. And the reality is, your life doesn't have to be lived that way doesn't so bow your head close your eyes today and online as well and this again is what i'm going to ask that you do is that you just place your hands on an upward position just an upward position and some of you this is common and some of you would go no this is a little different but that's okay just just pray just just extend your hands up just lord jesus your church not just new hope 365 but your church globally We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit, to transform us from the inside out. We ask that you, God, would guard our hearts and minds in your anointing in and through our lives. The spirit, that sweetness, that spirit of God you bring to convict us and to, to affirm us and to, to what? Give us joy and hope and peace. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you. So, Lord, we come humbly asking for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord God, that we would not turn our back on you, especially in the hour and day which we live. We ask, God, that we would be a faith-filled people as your followers, as your, as your children, Jesus, when you return. That you will find faith in us because of your Spirit, not only in us, but upon us. Oh God, today, I ask that you have your way. God, do what only you can do. Carry us. And may the world see through us because of you and your spirit a people that truly rejoice in you always. And we always go rejoice. And when people wonder, we are ready to give the hope that resides within us to those people. And that's you, Jesus. Stir up your church, O God. Wake us up. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, last week I shared this. You may not have heard it, but some of us, as you listen online, this is the way I would want to kind of leave this with you today. In the absence of trouble, it's not the absence of trouble that brings peace, but the presence of God. And consider you're walking through one of the most dangerous neighborhoods, let's say New York City, and you're feeling fearful And now, consider going on that same walk with a platoon of armed guards surrounding you. That is the divine counsel of God that has your back. He has your back, and you're with that. You've got that platoon, and the presence of help is more powerful than the presence of harm. 
And the presence of God brings peace that passes all understanding. And what is that? That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit that brings the peace of God. So Lord, right now, may your kingdom come and your will be done and may this spirit of fear that is of, that is of the enemy, God, be moved out never to return. May the spirit, literally everyone in, this, in, in earshot of me online or here in this room, literally the spirit of fear would be gone and that you, spirit of God, would come and so do your work that literally when, whenever it may try to return, when the enemy would like to come in and, and cause all kinds of chaos, that we would say, no, 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 God hasn't given me that spirit. That's not of my heavenly father. That is not of the spirit of God. That is other. And we reject that. And we, God, pursue you. Thank you, Jesus, today, today for what you're doing in your church. I am excited, and I can't wait to even see how a faith-filled church will begin to touch and impact the lives of people around them. Thank you, in your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.